You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. Okay, so it's my pleasure to in, invite Ruth to come in and share with us this afternoon. So Ruth and her husband, Kent, have been ministering in Nigeria for, for many years. I don't really know a lot of details, but I'm sure you're going to fill us in, aren't you, Ruth, about what you, what you guys do over there. So why don't you give them a, a warm welcome and um, we'll hand it over. Thanks. Well, thanks very much for inviting us. I haven't been to Coolman for a long time, so it's nice to be here. Looking pretty good, actually, especially with rain. What is there better than rain? Wonderful stuff. So Kent and I have been working in Nigeria for 33 and a half years now. So it's quite a long time. And uh, I'm a Riverina girl. Leighton, Narandra, Daniliquin. Oh, not Narandra. Daniliquin. Um, Finlay. Um, Griffith. Darlington Point. So I've been everywhere, <laughs> all the important places. <laughs> so yes, we work in Nigeria and we have been doing that for a long time. And the first 20 years we worked down in the south of Nigeria with an indigenous apostle really, you'd call him. His name was Benson Idahosa. Some of we older folk might remember him from days gone by. And we worked with his ministry for 20 years running his Bible school. And then in 2007 we moved north to the Muslim-dominant area of Nigeria. And so that's where we live. And we got there in time for Boko Haram terrorism, which was a lot of fun. As you can imagine, it wasn't really. So we work in northern Nigeria, and we still what we do, the core of what we do is a Bible college, training grassroots pastors. That means pastors... That's the first one, great. Pastors from uh, villages... Um, some of them haven't been to school very much or even not at all. And so we teach in English and uh, houses, the trade language of our region. People speak a lot of different languages, but they all know Hausa. And uh, that's our headquarters. And it's, it's named Wurun Alhiri, which means place of kindness, which is what we try to make it. Uh, we've got a school in the lower part, some staff housing, the big building sort of with the, the taller one bit back, that's the chapel. And in the chapel we have 155 children living. These children have lost their parents in terrorists. Sometimes just their father, sometimes their father and their mother and their siblings. All sorts of different stories. Some of it is in Boko Haram terrorism. You would have heard of Boko Haram. That's the terrorist group that kidnapped all those schoolgirls five years ago. And no, there's still about 100 missing. They're not all found. Some of them will be dead and some of them will have been married and they won't be coming back because they have a child and that child um, will not be welcome. So they don't bother coming back. So uh, some of, quite a number of our girls and some of our Bible school students were also kidnapped by Boko Haram. It's much bigger than ever hit the press. Uh, most of the children's fathers were killed either by Boko Haram or we have another terrorist group too, not quite terrorist group, but uh, Fulani, cattle herders. Uh, there's a lot of conflict and people get killed in that one. So mixture of different children. We have a few, a uh, couple of rescued child soldiers. We have a, I think it's about five rescued child brides. Last count it was about five. Uh, so a lot of different children. So we have 155. They live, the boys live in that building and the, the one behind it, which you can only see the top of the roof, the girls, that's the girls' dormitory. So the girls live in that one. But they all eat and 
do also and play and have a chapel and all sorts of things in the chapel building. We have some staff housing. The funny looking building, which you can see the concrete upright, that's it looks like that because it's only um, a third finished. <laughs> but there's two dormitories there, and they are for uh, disciples, we call them. That's new believers from Islamic background. They're Muslim converts who've had to flee because of um, their families or their communities were trying to kill them. So the, the men live in there. There's about 50 men and about 10 girls living with the, with the girl children. We would love to build another one for the girls, another dormitory for the girls. We've got the foundation built, but that's as far as we've got. Uh, okay, behind that funny concrete building with the bit up there, there's um, a, uh, our clinic. Uh, where we have about a 1,000 patients treated a month, and these are the poorest people who can't afford medical help. There's no national help. There's no free education. You pay for everything, which is pretty hard. When um, people came through and burnt your crops, stole your livestock, burnt your house, did terrible things to your wives and daughters, and what do you do next? It's pretty tough, you can imagine. And there's no government handouts. There's no drought relief. Not that there's much here, but there's nothing there. So, uh, so that clinic helps a lot of people, about 1,000 people a month. If they can pay for something, that's lovely. If they can't, then we still treat them. Okay, behind that is our vocational training centre. We have about 300 to 350 students learning... Oh, 15 different skills, including electric, uh, auto electrics, um, video editing and photography, uh, fashion and design, uh, concrete block making, what I said, carpentry, tiling, floor tiles, um, uh, aluminium fabrication, welding, it goes on. 15 at the moment, on last count. Okay, then we have a um, print shop, which is, we're still getting that up to commercial standard, but that's coming on. We have crops planted all wherever there's not a building uh, or a football field, of course. Football fields are very important, you understand. And uh, we have 350 chickens up the back. We have a fish farm over the side. We, have, we live in that building which is hidden behind your sprinkles. Um, there's four flats in that building and we live in one of them. And one of our sons and his wife and their little ones live in... Another one, and the other two main staff leaders live in the other two. Other staff housing over there, and a lot more staff housing not on that site, because we have 230-plus staff. A lot of people doing a lot of good things. Um, only us and our son John and his wife are the only Westerners there. Everyone else are people we've trained over the years. Our key leaders are people we trained in the Bible school down in the south. So that's kind of an overview of what we do. The Bible school's not there. It's on another site because we haven't been able to build enough buildings there for everything. We've got a lot of people squashed into the buildings. You know, we don't just use the chapel on Sundays. That's used 24-7, as it should be. So we, we love what God's doing there. I just want to tell you about, you can see that township at the back there. Right? That's actually about two kilometres away. It doesn't look it in the photo, but it is. Um, that town is called Basichi, and when we uh, moved to this site, or when we began building on this site, 2011, this village was at war with the village on this side, which you can't see in the picture, because this is uh, actually a Fulani 
Muslim village, and this town is kind of ish Christian, Berom, another tribe, sort of Christian, but they used to shoot each other across here, which wasn't very good. And uh, this violence and conflict just kept stirring up and it's yes it's religious but it's not the foundation isn't religious the foundation is that uh, in a hundred years the population has increased tenfold because of the good work of other missionaries with hospitals and schools and all of this and natural population growth and uh, the land has been degraded by mining this is in wet season so it looks very green but uh, they've had their last rain now they won't get any rain till April and uh, there's competition between the cattle herders and the farmers, the people who till the crops, and uh, they tend to fight. It becomes religious, but the, the root is actually who's, who's going to eat tomorrow, them or us? And it all becomes them and us, not us, but them. They're the bad guys and we're the good guys. And... Uh, so they were shooting each other. In 2015, we went and had a chat to... Um, in fact, our team leaders went and had a chat... 2014, went and had a chat to the emir, the king of this village, the chief, the main person in that village, and said, we know this violence is youth-driven. All these young people, they've got no education, no jobs and no hope. What's going to happen to them tomorrow? So when com someone comes... With an AK-47, they pick it up and they use it. And there's a lot of them around, unfortunately. Africa's problems are not just about Africa. People land in villages at night selling weapons. Why? For money, of course. There's a lot of complicity. The corruption that happens in Africa, well, these companies make absolute killings out of the profits they make, so... So we went to this village and said, we want to help your youth. And he said, we will open a computer centre for your youth, training the Muslims and the Christians side by side in computer skills. We will provide two teachers, a Muslim and a Christian, and we will provide 20 computer sets. What do you say? They were really happy, really excited. And they said, we said, you have to give us a building. So they did. They gave us their mosque. <laughs> so Christian Faith Ministries in 2015 opened a computer centre in a mosque <laughs> in Vasici. Wonderful. You know, Islam is often about community, about identity and whom you belong to. It's not that much about faith or what you believe. And so if someone leaves one side and goes to the other and the other two are enemies, then they become an enemy. But when you break down that barrier of enmity and you say, you're our neighbours. And you know what Jesus said about our neighbours? And who was the neighbour to the Samaritan? To the, to the man on the road? It was his enemy. That's what loving your neighbours means. It's not, oh, I feel good about you. That's all very nice. But that doesn't cut, that doesn't cut the cloth, does it? So it's what you do. Loving your neighbour is what you do. So... Asking them if we could start a computer centre built peace. Now, that was uh, 2014 that it began. Um, we opened, with a, began negotiations and talks. 2015, the first centre opened. 
Later that year, tanks were on the streets in Basichi. We could hear the gunfire when we were walking in the, in the newly planted trees there uh, on our site. And uh, we sort of realised, oh, we probably shouldn't be here. Those tanks can actually fire this far. We better go inside. Not that that would stop the tank bullets. You know all those movies where uh, bullets don't go through cars? and people shelter behind cars, that's a load of rubbish. Bullets fly through a car, they fly through a concrete building. We have these stupid perceptions of what war's like. It's not like that. It's a lot worse. So, uh, this year we had another outbreak of violence, a Fulani attack, about 20 kilometres the other side of that village, in Barakanladi. And about 500 people were killed, and it was extremely brutal and terrible. But when the militants came to this village to recruit young Fulani men to spruce up the violence and really get it moving, to retaliate for the retaliation that happened, not one young man in that village picked up a, a gun. Not one. That's never happened. That used to be one of the headquarters of violence in our in Nigeria, really, of Fulani violence. And just uh, in July, another instance about this one, uh, some of our disciples living in that semi-completed building, um, most of those guys are rough. They've been on drugs. They're, they're just new to Christ, and sometimes they get annoyed at one thing or another, and maybe someone told them to clean the toilets, you know, and they're much more important than that, so, you know doesn't go down too well. So anyway, he went up to, two of the young boys actually, went up to Basichi and started saying how we, we had them all chained up there and we didn't feed them and we beat them and all of the terrible things we did to these disciples. And so um, he was waiting for them to say, yeah, let's go get those Christians. But instead of that, the emir came down and knocked on our front door and Ken said, come in, have a cup of tea. So he came in, he had a cup of tea. And he said, these boys have been saying this, this and this. And we know it's not true, but we have to do the proper thing and come and see you about it. And so, you know, they had a good chat, discussed. They all knew it wasn't true because a couple of weeks before that, the Emir had been at our clinic with one of his people. And they got free medical treatment. He knew we weren't beating people up. We were helping people who couldn't get help anywhere else. No violence, no problem. We had communication between us. And that was just last July, so things are a lot better than they used to be. <laughs> Can we have the next picture, please? This is uh, just a shot in our Bible school in a, uh, on a Monday, I think that was a Monday, if I remember that one. So but these are just some of our students. We aim for grassroots students. That's people who couldn't normally... They often haven't matriculated. Some of them have. Some of them are very are well educated. But most are grassroots, people from villages who couldn't get into another Bible school because they're not qualified. The man we worked in, Benin, used to say, God qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. So that's what we do. We qualify the called. <laughs> so these are wonderful people who will go back to their towns and their villages, plant churches... Uh, and do all sorts of great things, spreading the gospel in their villages. It's wonderful. There's some real gems in there. Thanks very much. Next one. Okay, this was, uh, we have 
This was last June, July as well. This was in our sandwich course. We have certificate, diploma, degree and masters. We have um, uh, full-time, part-time, that's weekend, and uh, sandwich. And this is sandwich. So these guys are all in full-time ministry and they're coming in for training in a six-week block in June, July with the babies. Babies run around the room while we're speaking and sometimes want to be picked up. So you pick one up, carry them around on your hip while you're speaking. No problem. That's the way we do it. They're lovely people. Next one, thank you. This is inside the chapel. This is a Wednesday evening chapel service, um, teaching um, service. Thank you, next one. Graduation, that was last December, about 200 and something, can't remember, 200 and something people graduated from the Bible school. They love the ceremonies, so thank you. Next one. This is... Um, <laughs> Our school kids, on um, every year we have careers day and the kids dress up in what they want to be when they grow up. And then we have to stage a picture. So there's only one plane in Joss Airport a day, one plane from Lagos. And so we have to wait for it to be on the ground to get the shot. <laughs> They're just so cute. <laughs> Thank you. These girls are in a school in Zaranda, a village in Bauchi State, which is to the north of us. And the only other... Uh, school within a, a big area of this is a madrasa for boys. These girls are in school. That's really something. And they've got books. There are 10.5 million children in Nigeria out of school. And many of the ones that go to school, they've got the wall on the end is painted black and the teacher has a piece of chalk and the kids sit on the floor. No books, just chanting A, B, C, D etc. That's it. That's school. No laptops, no iPads, nothing like that. And most of them don't have books. These kids have got their exercise books. so They're doing better than most. And this little girl on the end, uh, we've got a video of her somewhere. She was, um, she was just saying how happy she was to be in school. So their parents are Christians in a Muslim dominant area and they want their kids to go to school. And it's wonderful. Really Lovely. Thank you. Uh, this is Children's Day in the chapel. We have Children's Day every year. And we have another day called the Day of the African Child. But this is just straightforward Children's Day and the children run the service. You can see the breeze blocks, the children's rooms. Not these ones. These are from one of our branch churches. But um, behind those breeze blocks are the rooms where the boys live. They, oh, they sleep. They sleep there. We just had the children come back. The school year starts in September there. We just had them come back. We try to send everyone who can go home, home for the long vacation. Unfortunately, when they come back, most of them end up having malaria and typhoid and many of them have chest infections. So we have to treat them all. <laughs> but they have to have contact with their extended family because they still belong and they need to know that. Thank you. Next one. Okay, we're building more school buildings. Uh, for the children and that building over there that's our kitchen for feeding oh, we cook 250 meals in that a day on big cauldrons and fire the food tastes good it's nice food but not much meat sorry all you beef farmers it's mostly fish we have a fish pond it's um, eggs depends on what the market if we're getting a good price for our eggs the kids will eat fish if we're getting a good price for our fish the kids will eat eggs so <laughs> yeah <clears throat> anyway they like it whatever it's good healthy food thank you 
Okay, this is a group of children who arrived in August for our children's home. We, we got 45 new children between uh, end of August and now. And uh, these ones are from a village south of us and all their parents, their, some of their siblings and both of their parents have died due to Fulani attacks. The lady in the red is, uh, she was caring for the children before, but she can't educate them. The lady in the yellow, she's the social worker. The social workers do a brilliant job. It's just that they have no resources to do their job. So they're really happy when they find a good place for these children where they can get an education. And the kids will be amazed, but these kids love school. We'll show the next one, I'll show you. Okay, this is Mafeng. He is 14. And if you, if, you get a, if you can see the children behind him, they're about eight or nine. Right, he's in that class because he missed five years of school. Actually, his mother disappeared when those girls were kidnapped in Jabuk. We assume she's dead. We don't know. I can't tell you all the horrific stories why you can't check if somebody's dead. But pigs have got a lot to do with it. I'll leave the rest to your imagination. Um... We don't know what happened to his father. He doesn't know what happened to his father, suspecting that he also disappeared in an attack. So somehow he got back to his grandmother, who lives in a village not too far from us. Well, his grandmother's village has been burnt down three times since then. And uh, his grandmother, he's been out of school for five years. That was the first time his village was burnt down, five years ago. So he's really happy to be in school, <laughs> even though these kids are... Five years younger than him, doesn't care. He's going to get through school and he's really, really happy about it. Yeah, he's got a second-hand jumper on, but he's happy. He doesn't mind. So that's, we don't have discipline problems, you know that? These kids behave themselves in school because school is not a, something you're forced to do. It's not a right. It's a privilege. And they love school and they work so hard and they're smart. Thank you. Next one. They know it what? They do. The alternative is they might not live till next year. They, they, they won't have a future. We started a clinic. We opened this clinic in February. And um, so we've got a lab. And I, I did biomedical training a long time ago. I won't tell you how many years. It was a very long time ago. And thought that machine does fill the whole room. <laughs> it's amazing. So it's fantastic to be able to, to do proper tests for people and just charge the cost of the reagents. It's amazing. Thank you. Next one. Okay. Uh, obviously, we have an ultrasound machine, and uh, we were given that from some friends in Belgium. It's quite a good machine. The screen broke, but we got another one, and that works. And uh, this doctor, lovely story about this doctor. We trained this doctor in Bible school when he was 18 on scholarship. When we arrived in Joss, he said, I'm your child. You trained me all those years ago. How can I serve? So for some years, he helped looking after our children. When our children arrived, the, the crisis care ones, they're all malnourished. They all had typhoid. Most of them had malaria. Uh, some of them had um, trachoma. Um, they all have worms. They're in a very bad state. So he really helped us nurse them back to health. And uh, when we opened... Our clinic. We, we actually we wanted to do it in a few years, but he said, "No, I'm available now." 
and uh, said, all right, we can't miss this chance. So we opened the clinic. And he's doing a wonderful job. This is building peace between the Muslims and the Christians because they're both experiencing the love of God, which they never did before. They thought Christianity was about religion. They didn't know it was about God so loved us that we want to show that love to you because that's what God's like. He's not like the cross on the shield. He's like the cross that gives himself, gives ourselves for your welfare. That's what Christianity is. And so they're learning what it's about. It's not competition for who gets the land. It's about sharing what we have. So next one, thank you. So we have Muslim patients. You can see that family's visiting their Muslim daddy and there's a little Christian boy on the bed um, from a Christian family. You can just tell by the way they're dressed, of course. And so here they are. Instead of killing each other, they're getting medical help in the same place. Thank you. Next one. This is in a vocational school. Um, it looks unfinished because it is. Our vocational students do all the work. You know, we just built the structure. And the wiring was done by our electrical installation students. The plaster of Paris roof is being, it's not yet complete, but it's being done by the plaster of Paris ceiling molding students. Those ones are learning video uh, editing, filmmaking and editing. And the guy that's teaching them, his name is Muia, and he is actually the younger brother of our, our dear friend, uh, Razak, who was... Um, a man we worked with for 25 years in Nigeria, and he, um, he was shot in an ambush. Kent and he were in an ambush together, um, 2014, and, he was, and his brother was killed. So he's still working with us, lovely young man. He got married this year, doing a great job. Thank you. Uh, one of our uh, trades is aluminium fabrication so they made this window they're making all the windows for anything we do they do all the tiling it takes a bit longer that way but they're learning to do a good job thank you fashion and design we've got about 20 sewing machines and different embroidery machines and things that um, these guys are it's a good career Nigerians like to look sharp so um, they're helping them thank you Shoemaking, very popular. And they make great shoes. They're really comfortable. They, you know, they're handmade, individually designed shoes. They trace around your foot and all that sort of thing. You take the measurement across the top. Really good shoes. Thank you. And these two girls are our disciples. Every piece of our, it's all right, every piece of our land, um, they're, they're both disciples. I can't tell you what's, what happened to them because of, we've got all sorts of age groups of people in the room. So... Um, yeah, they've really been through a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Next one. This, uh, they're growing a crop. They're actually growing two crops. They grow these two crops together. That one is a vegetable that gets chopped up and cooked in with uh, peanut soup, a bit like a satay, I suppose, which is quite popular and very nutritious. And they also grow a hibiscus plant in there. And you, use, you dry the, the leaves and the petals and make a very nice and nutritious drink. So we... we we use all our land for crop growing in the all year now. Thank you. Grow tomatoes. There's some of our disciples again who are helping with harvesting the tomatoes. They do have to help out as well. Thank you. We pay school fees. Uh, this term we've paid school fees for 200 and you don't know how many? 
230-something? 230-something children in our local community in different schools, not our school, but other schools. Because if, if these children don't grow to go to school, they join street gangs, criminal gangs or militant gangs, or the girls are trafficked or the girls are married by 13 or 14. So how do you stop that? Well, the first thing is educate them. And the, the children and their parents want education. That is the pathway. So we pay school fees for Muslims whose fathers were killed by Christians. Sorry, but that's the truth. And we pay school fees for Christians whose parents were killed by Muslims. Both sides. And we also do another thing. We have, um, I think we've got 12 of these now, Vanguard for Peace, they call it. They're clubs that meet in, in secondary school. You know, like you have a chess club and things like that. This is a peace club. And we teach the ways of peace to children. And then they go out and teach other people, secondary school children. So there's Vanguard for Peace clubs in Muslim schools and in Christian schools and in government schools and in secular schools, all of them. Many as we can get there. And we train the staff and we run these clubs. So we paid the school fees for this girl. That's why her photo's there. I'm not sure about the boy, but I know that girl's one of our, our, um, our children. And they all come for meetings each term at our headquarters and learn about um, living. It's all based on Matthew 5, in fact. Thank you. Next one. These are some of, some of our school teachers. Uh, some of our staff, most of those people are school teachers. We've got 230. Lots of staff doing an amazing job. Really wonderful job. Thank you. We build a dam, as you do. Um, you can see our buildings on there. This is a seasonal stream that runs um, at the bottom of our site, at the bottom of the hill. And uh, we dammed it, and uh, we did that was completed about 18 months ago, and so we used that for irrigation. Um, it, it helps the farmers. When, when we were considering building this dam, we thought, oh, we should just keep it for the Christians so we don't have any trouble. Then Kent says, oh, we realised, no, actually, that's a very bad way of thinking. So every, every evening, we usually go for a walk down here. It's not too far from a house. It's about a kilometre there and back. Oh, a kilometre each way, actually, even though it looks closer in the picture. Um, we usually have a walk down here in the evening, and every evening you see hundreds of cattle drinking down here. So they're able to access water right through the dry season. And it used to be that um, in the dry season, um, the the... Um, cattle herders would have trouble get accessing water, so they'd they'd break water pipes to make a pool for their cows, and that didn't that didn't go down very well with the people who lived beyond the breakage. So this has really helped in building peace. So farmers are irrigating; they can dry, um, sorry, grow vegetables in the dry season and get a much better price than they would in the wet season when there's plenty of them. And uh, the cattle are able to get good water, and we are hoping. We're working towards, in this dry season, holding a vet clinic here. We're just looking for some sponsors for that. A veterinary clinic to um, treat the cattle. We've got all the diseases we don't have in Australia, like brucellosis and foot and mouth and trypanosomiasis and all sorts of horrible cattle diseases which destroy people's livelihoods. So we hope to do that this season. Peace building. When you help a Fulani, you are his friend. For, if you help his cow... Because that's more important than his wife, you know. That's how it is. 
you're his friend for life, so it seems like a good move to us. Thank you. There has been so many people displaced. Uh, there are still, UN, uh, UN estimates there are over 2 million people still not able to go back to their homes because of conflict in Nigeria. Those um, displacement camps around, they're usually in a church compound or school buildings. And so we, when that happens, uh, we help with food, that's bags of rice, and um, medical clinics. So we're very involved in that kind of emergency aid as well, when crises come up. Thank you. So we're always looking for funds for that. This lady is our cook. She's our cook and our purchasing officer. And uh, these boys are from her village, which was, has been attacked multiple times by Fulani. Um, and these are some of the farming boys in her village. And so we're helping pay their hospital bills while their injuries were treated. So that's what she's doing there. She makes breakfast for Kent every morning in his office. I stay at home and work from a home office. <laughs> Thank you. This is one of our computer centres. This is the largest one on our headquarters site that you saw earlier. It's 50 computers in there. Uh, and we do that at certificate, diploma and another level called... There's a course which is international course called Cisco, which is about basic programming. And uh, so we have all of these different levels of of training, and it's helping so much. We've got seven computer centers now. Thank you. Uh, we also work in Egypt. One of our team, he goes to Egypt for three months, back in Nigeria for three months. Uh, so six months in, in Egypt every year. And these, we have these um, cell groups. They're leadership training groups in uh, Alexandria, Cairo, and Minya in Upper Egypt. So this is really having an impact, and we hope some of... Uh, expecting two of these delegates to come to our conference in um, December when we get back. Thank you. Next one. This is uh, a school, a village, sorry. You can see where the kids were having school. <laughs> That's just one of the classes. They had no school classrooms. So we gave the parents um, some corrugated iron, some nails and some cement. And they built six classrooms. Mud brick, cement rendered, cement floors, uh, they went to the bush and got wood for the timber roof and the corrugated iron and roofing nails. And that's it. And they've built six classrooms. Really wonderful. So we're giving out books because they didn't have any. Thanks very much. We're also quite involved in water projects. Uh, we got some funding from the Flemish government in Belgium for this water project. Uh, there's three different villages have... Uh, a water project in them now, so they all have bore water. Two of them had electric pumps for this because they have electricity. The other village, um, we got there and we discovered the aquifer's not good enough to support electric pumps. But when we went around the village, we discovered that there's eight broken pumps in the village. They've been put in by former projects but never fixed. And we discover that's the problem. Someone will, and it's a problem we have when we get international funding. We get funding to do something new, but no funding to keep it going when it breaks down. So what we'd love to do is to employ someone who'd go around from village to village teaching the women how to fix the pumps. You teach the men, and they don't care because they don't have to fetch the water. So you teach the women because they have to fetch the water. <laughs> Fitch the woman and that pump will stay fixed. <laughs> so
So that's what we'd love to do with that. So we get a bit of government funding here and there, but most of our funding comes through individuals and through churches. Thank you. Right, so that's the end of that, of those pictures. Um, you know, we work in, in an area which has had brutal terrorism, uh, ongoing conflict, ongoing hatred between different ethnic and religious groups, and it's just a microcosm of the world. It's not any different here, only we, we haven't seen the extremes of it. Well, we see it, the extremes. It's really in your face there. But it, it's what is happening in Australia. It's what is happening in the world. And we think somehow the answer is to send troops or to send drones and kill all the bad guys. So it's quite hard to choose which one is the bad guy, in fact. So that's not a very good solution. But we actually have the solution right here in the Gospel, the Bible. Love your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. And what happens? Peace breaks out. And the gospel is demonstrated. Atonement is lived out. You know, atonement is, is paying for sin. Well, it's actually forgiving sin, bringing regeneration into communities. The gospel isn't about me, myself and I. The gospel is about us. How do we, as a community, Live out the teachings of Jesus. Well, it's more than just my personal faith. My personal faith is just step one. The next step is how do I join with other people to live out this gospel, to make a difference in the community? And that's what we've seen actually working. Hey, you love your enemies, and guess what? Peace breaks out. This is what Jesus taught us. And yes, it actually happens. It's beautiful. So I'm just here to share about that. Kent, do you want to get up and say anything? Just on the back table, we have some brochures there. and um, Our son and daughter-in-law have um, taken all our books away from us and they're flogging them now. They used to be available free in our website. Sorry, that's all stopped. And, uh, you know, the younger generation, they say people don't respect it unless they pay for it. Um, anyway, so you, it's a subscriber base. You can subscribe and you get weekly articles, you get books, you get videos, audios, and all your subscription fee goes to charity. It all goes to help these kids in, in schools, 100% of it. And we get to have a conversation. It's called a people of peace. We get to have a conversation about the, the, the Bible stuff behind what we're doing. Um, so there are some brochures on that in the back table. There's a couple of books. Feel free to take a book too. They're the ones that I still have. I'm still allowed to give away. Um, and uh, if you want our newsletter we send out every week, please put your name on the list at the back table in, in English, your email address in English. I think some people uh, write in Ju Jupiter language or something like that, um, which I can't even Google that. So, um, so God bless you. Uh, really thank you for having us. Really happy to come to Kuliman today. We've driven through here a number of times, going to Cowra and so on. And uh, we're vagabonds of the Riverina. And uh, so we're just here for a couple more weeks, and then we're going back uh, to, to Nigeria. So God bless you. Thank you. And uh, we've known the Naranja people for a while, and, and they pray for us, and we say thank you also for that. Thank you. Yeah. Wow, what amazing things God is doing in Nigeria and... Um uh, look, it's, it's, it's sort of bittersweet hearing, hearing that, isn't it, of hearing um, the very great need, but it's also beautiful to hear how God uses 
ordinary people to, to meet those needs in a very beautiful way. Uh, we've actually got a jar down the back near our regular tithing jar that if you'd like to contribute to their ministry, then um, you've got an opportunity just to put something in that jar today and we'll see that it gets to, to Kent and Ruth. But if you didn't come prepared today... Feel free to grab one of our, our giving cards. On the front is our regular um, account number, but if you turn it over, there's our missions account number. So at any time in the future, if you want to um, deposit anything into that account, just mark it for Nigeria and we'll see that it gets to them. Um, of course, another option is to take up that subscription idea uh, as well. Um, let's just pray for them, hey, before we close. Oh, Father God, we, um, we thank you for your, your presence and your love and your peace that is, is changing the nation of Nigeria. We thank you for the ministry um, of Christian Faith Ministries. Uh, Father, we just pray for um, just, just ongoing provision that you would meet their needs uh, financially, uh, socially, spiritually, emotionally, all of those needs that, that Kent and Ruth have as, as leaders, but just the wider needs that, that their staff and, um, and their, their children and, and everyone has their father. Lord, may we just be um, prayerful and uh, may we have just a soft heart to your work overseas. Would you just um, continue to remind us how much we have and how much um, we have that we can give? Uh, Lord, we thank you that, um, that, that everyone is significant and special in your kingdom. And we, we just pray that your peace will um, really uh, conquer all the violence and all the, uh, the um, hardship and the famine and the loss in that nation. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.